a priest, his brother, and a married guy walk into a podcast to discover the deepest truths of our day. If you're a seeker of ancient wisdom, interdimensional museums, and the Baltimore Catechism, then this is not the show for you. You're listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. And it starts right now. Episode something of the Untitled Catholic Podcast. I think it's 10. What were you going to say before you interrupted me? I was going to tell you to go. So <laughs> I wasn't trying oh. to interrupt you. You were just too fast for me. <laughs> I still try to figure out the whole GarageBand versus Google Hangout thing. I see a bunch of red on my computer screen. Is that me who's recording? That's what I would think, yeah. Red, red is a good indication of recording. <laughs> red means stop. <laughs> Should I stop? Not in uh, Soviet Russia. It means go. <laughs> It means go. Go, really? go, go. Good, no, good, that, that good. Was a, that was like good, something, go, something good. I heard as a kid. <laughs> good, go, good. If I have to hear you talk about Soviet Russia again, that's, that <laughs> was like most of our, our uh, experience in Poland. In Soviet Russia, and then you would say something that made no sense. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a classic, at least in my mind. I mean, it's, yeah, I just, I don't know. Have you ever been... In Soviet Russia, podcast record you. <laughs> uh, welcome to my life. I've never been to Soviet Russia or post-Soviet Russia. <laughs> Have you been to pre-Soviet Russia? Yes, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away? <laughs> you know it. In a land down under. What are you eating, Father Sean? Oh, say something else. He's That's Twix. disgusting. <laughs> Twix. That doesn't sound like a Twix. It sounded like potato chips or something. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I froze it. It's too crunchy. It's not I even noon it. and you're eating Twix. I'm hungry. And I got <laughs> to talk to you losers instead of uh, eating lunch. You skipping lunch for this? I'm not yeah, eating lunch yeah. either. What? So was, don't, that, uh, was, that, was that not clear by me saying I got to eat? I got to be with you? Don't put yourself up on a pedestal. I haven't eaten much of today either. Yeah, you're, you're not a martyr, Father Sean. I'm not Nolan trying to eat lunch either. But I bet you had a big breakfast, Nolan. I didn't. I mean, unless you consider oatmeal a big breakfast. Oatmeal's filling. That's baloney. <laughs> that is all, such baloney. All oatmeal, does is, all oatmeal does is make me more hungry. It makes you hungrier for lunch. Yeah. Earlier. I, when I eat oatmeal, it just sits in my stomach, and I don't want to eat until lunch. <laughs> How much oatmeal do you eat? I eat enough. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you consume like a vat of oatmeal for breakfast, then you're not going to be hungry for lunch. I understand that. I don't eat a vat, okay? I eat one packet, and I'm like, by like 9 o'clock, I'm like, when the heck is lunchtime? <laughs> what, hold on. Do you eat like with sugar? Because then that's I, your problem. I don't add sugar to it. Or you eat it with like in the packet, meaning that it comes with like some kind of sweetener? Yes. Yeah, see, I eat just plain oatmeal, and it's like penance. You eat that oatmeal, and you don't want to eat any of it. Just and you say, just eat as much as you can until you don't want to eat any more. And it usually lasts until lunchtime for me. It, it, it's your penance, he said? Yeah, it's like yeah. penance. I think I'm going to keep doing it the way I've been doing it. with the. Yeah, uh, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you <laughs> how I do it. I, we're, I'm trying to use science to figure out why it has a different effect on me than you. Well, now that we've lost every listener because we just spent the last five minutes talking about oatmeal. 
Oatmeal's the most exciting of the boring breakfast. <laughs> I, I, can think, I can think of worse topics. <laughs> All right, so hold on. Now, now that we do have we have a concrete topic right now, what are some boring? What's a boring breakfast? Toast. Oatmeal, toast. Ce- do you consider cereal boring? Yes, I'm. A, I'm of the belief that anything that's not like pancakes, waffles. French toast, bacon, eggs, like big Denny's IHOP breakfast is a boring breakfast. Okay. Well, then, so wh- if, if that's the definition, then oatmeal is is uh, very boring. Oh, extremely then, boring. Because, uh, I mean, Fruit Loops are more much more exciting than oatmeal. So bo- oatmeal is then one of the most boring breakfasts. Yeah. But I, I was saying, like, I was looking at, like, a boring breakfast as being something like toast or coffee or, like, you know, doesn't count as a breakfast. I'm just saying, some people do that. That's a coffee has to accompany every breakfast. It, yeah, if you drink coffee, nothing else. Coffee, fee. <laughs> <laughs> Your stomach's gonna be jacked up, and you're just gonna feel crazy. I know, or like instant breakfast, like something like that, where you drink one of those disgusting shakes. Oh, like like a boost? oatmeal's better than that. That's how I was looking at it. I don't know. I consider, I, and I love bagels, but I even consider a bagel a boring breakfast. No, I yeah. don't. Bagels a boring breakfast. I think bagels one of the best breakfasts. It's delicious, but it's still at the end of the day just a piece of bread. Can I ask you a question, Nolan? No. <laughs> you may though. All right, thank you. <laughs> so, were you a bagel kid? Like when you went to school, like did you eat like a plain bagel for lunch? <laughs> No, I didn't trust those kids, actually. All right, because that's what I was going to get at. I, don't, I didn't trust those kids either, but for some <laughs> reason, Nolan, you struck me as a bagel kid. Which is fine, because, I mean, I was I was a kid that, that I dove in. I went for the hot lunch, whatever it was. Even if it didn't look edible, I was like, I'm all in. You got me. All right, because I definitely Every day? you. I, I, no. I, figured, I figured you for either a, the bagel kid that came in with a bagel every day with... Some kind of thing that was spread on it that, like, I don't know if I'd want to eat. No. Or you were that kid that ate whatever they served. Um, and that goes back to the theme that we've been trying to create, that your parents don't love you. <laughs> the, the narrative continues. <laughs> that they didn't make lunch for you. They just gave you money and said, here, go eat the poison that the school is going to serve you. You know, in their defense, they had no idea what I was ordering for lunch every day. So, I mean... It, it, so it may be not be that they don't love you; they just don't care about. It you. may that maybe that I really just don't love myself. <laughs> we could talk about that another time, but not uh, in front of everybody. Yeah, all, no. all twelve of our listeners. Not right. while we're in the red, as they yeah. say. Probably I don't want everyone to get all freaked out or anything. Probably now we've lost listeners since we lost our consistency. Although people are going on Facebook and checking our page, I, maybe there's like a few people that are super desperate to hear from us. Oh, I thought you were going to say we lost all our listeners because most of them were bagel kids. <laughs> I could, I bet there's at least one bagel kid listening. Oh, uh, there's Definitely. probably several. The, when you say bagel kid, there's two names that come to mind. But Dean my school, my, my school also served also served the cheese bagel. Ooh. My high school, the, the melted cheese on the on the bagel. So that's a that's, that's a whole crazy. other thing right there. That's nuts, but uh, but people, what kids went for it. The, the poster child of the bagel kid was a kid named Dean. <laughs> yeah, and, and like Dean is the perfect bagel kid name too. Wow, there's no way Dean listens to this. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone named Dean that listens to this. 
Well, if there is someone named Dean listening to this, it's probably not the Dean that Justin's talking about. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. By Did the way, Did you really have a bagel out. kid named Dean at your school? A hundred percent. Dean, I, I, I will say his last name offline and it'll, it'll just be even better. Just like, so, it's, such, it's such a perfect name. Um, one, one thing that we'll get to a little bit later, but I want to connect it today. Now, obviously, everything we're going to do is going to be done today. We <laughs> hope so. We, we, took some, we took some eighth graders to, um, uh, to Six Flags. Six Flags. Yeah. And, uh, sandwiches. They brought, they brought sandwiches. Uh, uh, but then, like, when we were like, you guys could get lunch because some kids didn't bring money and some kids did. And I was asking them, like, because I was like, we left the lunches in a hot car. And I was like, what did you get? And, and then I was like, oh, I had like uh, chicken Marcella, a pita bread. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference to a time we went to a Met game and we were getting uh, uh, sandwiches before we went to the game, and Nolan was like, "What would you do if I just got chicken Marsala?" I feel like we said the story already. We on might the have, podcast. but just in case we have a new listener, was like, That's was true. It, it was the same game I went to with you guys. That was just the sweatiest game ever. Oh, I, oh. It, it was so hot that the it's ice cream disgusting. made me sick because it was like it was like cold and <laughs> hot. You know what? Essentially, I just drinking milk. I could have ordered that that chicken Marsala uncooked, and then by the time we got to the game, it would have been ready to eat. <laughs> oh my god! That's how hot it was. But anyway, oh, one one girl brought a bagel, and I I wanted to say I didn't take you for a bagel kid. <laughs> you didn't say that to her, no, because it was just like I didn't know how she would have taken it. A lot of them don't understand how to how to process me. <laughs> I didn't take you. For... <laughs> <laughs> we need to we need to figure a way to use that more often. That's the bagel. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. That's yeah. a t-shirt right there. I, I, I didn't figure you for your bagel kit. Recovering. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. I will. Recovering bagel kit. <laughs> oh, oh god. Man. So what have what you, you been, been up to? Go first, Nolan. Uh, what have I been up to? Um, just celebrating uh, my uh, my kid's birthday. That was uh, that was pretty recently. Um, Celebrating Father's Day, obviously, last weekend, and just wrapping up things at the school and getting ready for a summer vacation. When does uh, the year end? Let's see. Um, today, uh, actually tomorrow. Tomorrow's my last day I have to go in, um, but I pop it in and out uh, throughout the uh, the summer here and there to do some, some odds and ends. So what does the summer look like for you then as a teacher, mm-hmm. campus minister? Trip Mr. still or anything? Well, we do we do the Steubenville conference in the in the middle of the summer, um, but that's pretty much the only like major thing until August. Otherwise, I'm a uh, Mr. Mom throughout the summer. How many kids do you have at the Steubenville conference? We we usually take about a, around between twenty and thirty. I think we have th- twenty five this year exactly. Let's make sure we uh, meet up during that. Absolutely, I think we should do a live podcast from Steubenville. While it's going on, we should do oh, it actually. while there's a talk going on. <laughs> yes, and, but but like convince people to come and watch us do the podcast. I, you could 100 percent get away with that. You could 100. percent I think so. Why not? Who's gonna stop you? Who would stop we know, us? We know Ike. Yeah, I know people too. I got a guy. Who do you know? Kloberg. Kloberg. That's yeah, what he you should do. For anything. 
I can't. I can't be. Actually, I really if I tell them it. I know Clubberg, they might not let us. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I can't He's go. He's legendary. He is legendary. You can't go, Justin? No. I'm. I'm literally. I'm driving home the Sunday from Nashville. The Sunday of the Steubenville conference. Oh. How long are you staying home for when you do that? Uh, so I'll go on the tour from the Elkhart tour from New York because it's West Coast, so they'll fly me. So it's like the twenty. That's not the question that I asked. I'm trying. I'm doing the math. Carry the one. Two weeks, do the tour, come back for another week, and then go back down to Nashville for the fall. Okay. So what have you been up to, Justin? Um, I'm going on the DC Talk cruise in July. Cruise? So we had all uh, rehearsals this week. What does DC Talk mean to you, Nolan? Um... I like what? Like what does it stand for? No, I meant like when I say DC Talk, what does that mean? I think oh, of a political it... show on CNN. Even though I know what it actually is, but I think of a political show on CNN. I I think of uh, Jesus Freak. Is what I think of. You okay, know the song? so you, like you you know them. Like you, yeah, uh, like I remember. I... I remember being in high school and like I didn't even know that Christian music like existed like outside of like what you hear in church. Like hymns, and then uh, and then you my youth here minister, I am Lord. Yeah, exactly. And my, then you uh, heard Jesus freak. Yeah, my my youth minister showed me Jesus freak, and I remember like being called a Jesus freak in high school, and I was like, whoa, someone wrote a song about that, and they're like proud to be called the Jesus freak. I, I just thought that was awesome. So that's like the biggest. That sounds. It's better than being a bagel kid. Yeah, oh, the definitely biggest, better. Which is really interesting because Sean and I didn't grow up with any of this stuff. Meaning, like, no. And they're they're a hands down the biggest Christian band that has ever been a Christian band. They're oh yeah, like, and they, they've spawned other groups. They they are they basically created contemporary Christian music. I like to think. I, I and then, I'm not in disagreement. There's with no you. way of knowing that though. And then they haven't performed in 16 years, and they're reuniting for a cruise. So, like, the Christian music industry is going crazy over this. It's like a really... I, I still can't comprehend it because I didn't know anything about him. Will the cruise be like a but, who's who of Christian music? It, I, well, it's going to be people who paid a lot of money to go. Okay. And then probably a who's who, I'm sure. But there'll be a bunch and of ju- people. And Justin like, Magaldi. And me, yeah. <laughs> I bought a, a sailor hat and cheap aviator glasses, and I'm only going to wear Hawaiian shirts. The whole time. That's going to be my outfit. That sounds inappropriate. <laughs> no, it'll be great. All these that Jesus will freaks will be they'll be looking at me. How long well, is the well, cruise for? It's four nights, five days, something like that. It's so, and, and they performing every Four night? days, five nights? No, they perform two nights. So night one is Toby Mac. Night two is the Newsboys. And then night three and four is DC Talk. That's awesome. So they have enough stuff to do two concerts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They have. Yeah. They're. I mean, they've, they've, I want to say they've five. been. A, they had to have started, if not in the late 80s, early 90s. Early 90s. So yeah. they went for like 10 solid years and then broke up. 
and then Toby started his own solo career, and he's the only one that solo career was anything. So essentially, this is how someone explained it to me, that DC Talk is like NSYNC, and, and Toby, Toby Max is Justin Timberlake. Is, is the Justin Timberlake. And then imagine NSYNC getting back together to do a cruise, and Justin Timberlake agreeing. That'd be a big that'd deal. Be, that'd be awfully nice of Justin Timberlake. <laughs> to make the rest of those it. guys relevant again. Yeah. Joey it's, Fatone. It's pretty he's, he's still uh, hanging on. They he's got his own sandwich shops uh, now. He sells he sells hot dogs. Is that what it is? Hot dogs with those fat, like sandwiches. They're called fat ones, which is oh, kind of okay. funny because it's spelt similar to Fatone, and he's now a larger man than he was back NS- when NSYNC was popular. The NSYNC cruise, night one would be Justin Timberlake. Night two would be a live reading of On the Line with Lance Bass. And then night, <laughs> night three and four would be Ed Sink. Book it. Nolan, let's book it. Let's do it. But I would say that DC Talk, based on what you said, probably has more music than Ed Sink. Definitely. I think they had like three albums. Two were extremely successful. Oh, I thought they had even more albums than that. I but thought they had. Maybe they did. Sync have? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm afraid to take a guess for fear that I'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then just uh, pretend you're Googling it and uh, then guess. All right. Let me throw it into the Google machine. Um, I want to say four, including the Christmas album. Am I right? We, I'm checking we, right now. You're All right. And then I'll look up uh, DC Talk. For fear uh, of being right. This So it's kind of a big deal. It, it was kind of it's cool to be a part of. That's an awesome thing. And how so, long was the cruise? Four day, four nights, five days. And where does um, it actually go somewhere or is it just the boat just drives? It around? leaves from Miami and then it goes to uh um Nassau, Bahamas. Well, Nolan, 19. you were exactly right. Stop. Is NSYNC? There's no strings attached, and there's celebrity. So if they made a Christmas album, then that would be the fourth one. I'm like 99.9% sure they made a Christmas album. I feel like I've seen it, but I never heard it. And then DC Talk had five albums. Okay. There we go. So yes, to long story short, DC Talk as far as albums and releases is more accomplished than NSYNC. Yes. I wonder it has how many... not probably reached as broad of an audience. No. I wonder the Grammy count, too. Who has more? So they, they their last album was 1998. Wow. Alright, anyway, that's what I've been up to. DC Talk. Your turn. Down with Trump. the DC Talk. D- d- so, down with the DC Talk. <laughs> so last week I was at the the CY what is it CYMC Catholic Youth Ministry Youth Ministers Conference yeah right? so Catholic CYMC Youth Min- led by uh, uh, Life Team um, so um, I, I think this talk is going to spawn into something else so so maybe now would be a good time to uh, take a break is that alright with you Justin down with the DC talk. D- d- down with the DC talk. That's one of their songs, apparently. Yes. I, I figured that's what you were doing. All right. Let's take a break.
right, Father Sean. C M Y C. So that's C Y M C. C Y M C. C M C Y. Y M C A. Y M C A. Tell us about it. Down with the DC talk. <laughs> Down with the DC talk. Everyone's gonna think it was you that said that. Yo, can we get can can you ask Toby Mac if we can use that song on this uh, podcast? <laughs> If we play it for 10 seconds, we don't have to ask his permission. Is that really true? Yeah. You're allowed to play anything for 10 seconds. All right, let's do it. We got to play that then. So anyway. Right right now in my house, I have a giant, it's a giant floppy disk. It's the biggest floppy disk I've ever seen. And it contains all the, uh, I guess like a music video or something on it, that uh, video content that they want to use. But no one has ever seen any type of thing like it. Where so does like, one you, Where does one put a uh, a giant floppy disk? Well, to I guess access they the information. It, they They kept it in their office for the last twenty years. That's it's insane. Interesting. Anyway. What's the name of that song? Down with the DC Talk. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I'd have All to right. Look at the set list. All right. Go on. So anyway. Uh, we subscribe to Life Team at our parish, and um, one of the area, the, our area contact is good friends with everyone on this podcast, uh, Mr. Michael Clawberg. Clawberg. Daddy's got to be on this thing. Yeah, he would be perfect for this show. Oh, actually, uh, Tilo, our youth minister, finally listened to an episode on the plane coming back from the conference. So Did she that happened. It? Yeah, I think so. Or where was it awkward because you were sitting there probably watching her listen? <laughs> I was doing my own thing as she was listening. Uh, Every time she like went to put like her headphones down, you went, "No, nope, it's not over yet. I'm it's sorry. not over yet." And like, anytime actually... you, you thought you heard something, you turned to see if it was her laughing. No, I I, I honestly wasn't paying attention to her listening to it. Yeah, right. Because I, I I don't want. I don't know. I, I whatever. I don't got anything to add to that, so we're just gonna All right, do a so hard, go back to the YMCA. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> make a hard segue uh, back to um, to the the YMCA conference. So anyway, Mike Clawberg was saying that that I should really go, and that they have the Shepherd Scholarship, so the first time I go would be free. And I was like, is this really something that I want to go to? And then I saw that one of my Someone that I know who used to work in the seminary and who's um, uh, I asked her because she was giving a talk. I see you're going. Is this something I should be at? And she was like, definitely, because I had a a, um, a baptism to do uh, in Boston. And then from Boston, I, I was going to have to go to Phoenix for this conference. I was like, is it worth it? And everyone was saying, yeah. So I signed up and then. Clawberg was like, you have to have Tilo go. That's our youth minister. And I was like, all right, fine. So I was like, I talked to the pastor. He said, oh, that'll be great. And so um, she went too. And I didn't really know what to expect from it. And then I, when I was trying to debate about whether or not to go, I asked you, Nolan. And you were mm-hmm. like all about it. Yeah. And you, So you had gone before. So what was your experience when you went? Um... I, you know, I went when I had already been doing youth ministry and life teen for about six years, and yet I still found it to be 
very, very helpful on a multiple levels. Um, I found that there was, even though I had, I had known a lot of the stuff that was being presented um, in like the workshops and the breakout sessions, that it was good to hear some of that stuff uh, from a different perspective and from a different person. Um, but I also found that there was always something new I could learn too and pick up. Um, but then on another level, I just, I loved the opportunity to just get away for a week with um, other youth ministers, share ideas, or even not talk about youth ministry, but just like, you know, a bunch of people that are, that are kind of in a very similar position that you are, just kind of hang out with them and um, because usually youth ministers are, are flying solo. I mean, the reality of it is most places, if there's a, a youth minister, they're, they're on their own. So it's really good to kind of band together for that, that week. And that aspect of it is really cool. Plus, it's super prayerful. I think, and, that, and that's a, exactly how I would describe it. A lot of the things um, that we, like the breakout sessions, not a lot of new information, but as much as being confirmed in what we're already doing. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that you're not crazy for doing it a certain way is extremely helpful. But like you said, there's that refreshedness, refreshingness or, of being around. Because most of the time when you go to an event like that, you have kids with you. Yeah. So you have to pay attention and you can't just like do what you want. Or like if I'm going to a holy hour, more than likely I'm leading it. So I have to constantly be checking my watch. Okay, I have five more minutes before I look at the music and then they come in or the kids are are moving around or sniffling or coughing and they're not paying attention anymore so now we have to move forward so i'm trying to get the musician's attention to play the next song so that we could go to and so you're not really praying as much as trying to facilitate prayer and i think that's one of the things that youth ministers have to do that all the time so to have a chance to actually pray is extremely refreshing and and like you said being with other people who are trying to do the same thing is extremely refreshing Absolutely. And it's like, you know, it, it is re it's really affirming. Um, you know, it's kind of like that mountaintop experience. I was talking recently with a, uh, a priest uh, friend of mine who um, was kind of sharing that, like, you know, we, we kind of always dream up these dream scenarios in youth ministry that you're going to be with, you know, this, this priest that you really get along with and the youth minister is going to be spectacular and you're going to have a core team of all like the most solid people in the world and everyone's going to get along. It's going to be this beautiful scenario and that, that's not really realistic. But I would say for like this week, you kind of do have like the best of the best. You really do have some really awesome people in youth ministry from around the country and even the world coming together for this one week. And it is like it's really super affirming that, like you say, it's it's not crazy that I do this, um, you know. And just like, and I say the the mountaintop experience, kind of like the the transfiguration, um, you kind of have those experiences with the youth when you go on retreat, and then you go back into the world. Well, this is kind of that for for youth ministers and and priests involved in youth ministry, I think. Yeah, and when uh, when you went, did the priest that you worked for go with you? Yes, which was really awesome. Um, he uh he yeah he he got a chance to kind of see what i had been talking about and and in in life teen but not just life teen just you know good solid youth ministry in general happening and the kinds of things happening across the, the country and i think he actually developed a greater respect for um for youth ministry and he already had a, a good respect for it uh, but i think it, it opened his eyes in a lot of ways too which was neat because i found like there were like uh certain types of priests there one of them being the pastor who's like 
youth minister thinks this is great and the pastor's not quite sold. Mm-hmm. Th- that's a big part of it, I think. I think I think there's a lot of scenarios. Because I don't think you can argue, even if it's not your brand necessarily, of, um, of, of worship um, and prayer, which it certainly wasn't for my pastor, I think he walked away feeling like, well, this is this is a movement of the Holy Spirit. This is a um, this is something legit and and Eucharistic centered and Marian and and all those those good buzzwords right. um, that you want to hear. So, because Life Teen often gets accused of being Protestant. I, I, well, I'm they do. I mean, they get they get accused of a lot of things. Um, right. Like like anything, I think with with success would get at some point. But, um, you know, they are, I, I mean, as, as far as the faith goes, I've always found them to be Eucharistic-centered and Marian, but specifically in the last 10 years, there, there's been that focus there. Yeah. Um, if, they, if anything, they're, they're Protestant in their approach to evangelization, which I don't think is a bad thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I thought it was, I, like, there were a couple of things that I didn't like about it, um, which I'm not going to get into here. I mean, nothing's perfect. That, it, but it was like at one point I was kind of like, I don't feel like this was worth my time. Um, and then like uh, a couple of things changed. And I mean, and I told this to Ike because Ike was leading the worship there uh, that he he like he brought it. Like did, when he sure. when they did the XLT the last night that we were there, he he brought it. And he's as far as I'm concerned. And I don't have a lot of experience with worship um, in, in the Catholic world, but every Catholic worship leader I've ever heard um, leading worship, not playing music, just leading worship, I think he's the best. I concur. I agree, and it was probably at that conference that it really sealed the deal for me um, because I had seen Ike in concert and I had seen him at youth events, but um, he led you know 500 or so however many youth ministers and youth leaders and priests at that conference and i think i went in maybe 2012 or 2011 and uh yeah he really did bring it yeah i i and i and i told him that and uh yeah but when he did that xlt i was like this is a lot was going on um uh with just different things, um, all like 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 from the people that I was talking to on the trip with me, and like other people that I got to see there, like a lot of things were going on. A lot of things were kind of like on their hearts. And during that XLT, I could see like there was like a certain like catharsis where there's like a release, and not that the problems were necessarily solved or like because there's always you know I'm talking about just like youth ministry stuff. Not necessarily. I'm not saying like people are like. Like, you know, having miserable existence or stuff <laughs> like that. But, um, and it, you could just see that there was a certain, like, peace that came after that. Okay. And that, and I feel like that, that made the whole experience for me. Like, That's I would awesome. go, I would pay to go to that just to be at the XLT. Yeah. It's, wow. it's special. It really is. If Ike were doing it, I don't, if someone else were doing it, I don't know if it would quite be the same. Um, and I think part of that is probably because of like that shared feeling among priests and youth ministers and core members and volunteers who are entrenched in youth ministry that like this is for us. Right. This is 
I, I, I don't know if uh, One Life Teen Priest that I follow on Twitter is uh, Father Dan Beeman. I've met him at, at conferences before. I don't know if you've met him before, Father Sean, but I, I, he, he's, he's a great follow on Twitter. And one thing he said during the conference, he said he was in his, uh, he tweeted out something to the effect of like he was in his hotel room and he could hear like youth ministers like laughing and like staying up late and having a good time and just enjoying life. And yeah. he's like, for the for the one time, I love this this time of year because it's the one time of year that youth ministers do something really for themselves, and you know obviously that's that's a little bit of a stretch because we all throughout the year better be finding times, uh, you know, every, each week and and to for ourselves to to get away to stay sane and healthy, but there is a lot of truth to that, and I think not only for like the free time but for the prayer, like that XLT, like you're so used to like putting together XLTs or adoration or um, prayer experiences for young people to have that for you. It's, it's a relief, but it's so necessary. It's so necessary. And, and it shouldn't just, just be to once, the ultimate level. Yeah. And it, and it shouldn't just be once a year. No. And we have to facilitate that so that youth ministers are being refreshed and replenished throughout the year. Yeah. So is that something on a local diocesan level that you think should start to become implemented? Meaning, like a youth min, like you, even if it's just a night where a bunch of youth ministers getting invited to a thing and you just kind of hang out, have coffee and cookies and stuff like that, and just get away for a day. We do do stuff be- like that. But I, I think it has to be uh, more on, like, a, a grassroots kind of level. I see yeah, I mean, my, my, my personal opinion would be that, um, that, yes, from a diocesan perspective, that should be one of the aims is to, you know, because we have all these, these, these leaders, these uh, priests and youth ministers, and this really could go for any ministry, um, you know, doing things on the parish level and trying to make things happen on the parish level, which is really great. Um, that that we should, as a diocese, be looking to um, how do we fuel them, how do we feed them to keep them going, so that they can continue to do great things on the parish level. But I do see Father Sean's uh, point as well that um, so the best, th- some of these things, the best uh, things happen on on a grassroots level, organically and. Um, you know, a bunch of people decide to, uh, you know, just pray for, for vocations at the seminary and boom, you know, you get a monthly holy hour out of it. Right. You know, for, for one example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that, that makes uh, youth ministry so difficult is uh, the idea that there's not like a lot of benchmarks that you can say. Like an outreach, not that outreach isn't difficult. That's not what I'm trying to say. But like at outreach, you could say we served this many people and you could see specific numbers. Then the question is, how much did we help them? Could we have done more and blah, blah, blah. And those things come up. And the same thing like and, and like religious ed, right? Like 150 kids were confirmed. We did our job in that sense. Did we do enough? Did we teach them enough? All those concerns come up. But like with youth ministry, right? Like it's, it's all volunteer. Like the kids aren't forced to come. They don't have to mm-hmm. come. So like you can doubt as a, uh, as a, um, like when we did the confirmation retreat, right? Yeah. It's like we had them there. They had to be there. 
and we gave the message we prayed before we did it it didn't we didn't like wing it it was prepared and and it was good and and i think we did a good job um but we have them there and it's like so they they were all there because they had to be and whether or not they took anything out of it i don't know we can't measure that but like it's, it's hard to quantify right but with youth ministry right you have a week where you think the week was great and you had 20 kids and then next week you have five. It's then right. you start thinking, did I mess up? Did I not? Should I have done something different last week? So, um, and and ultimately, you're, not, you're, you're, you're looking to, you're looking to um, provide them with faith experiences that are going to change them for the rest of their lives right. and um, affect them into the future. Um, but even with that, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell, you know, I mean, I guess you can you can see you know do a poll like after they graduate, how many kids are still going to mass or right. how many uh, you know, unless like you get a like a, a huge number of like vocations, it's hard to like point out a number or like a specific data statistic to say like oh look how successful my youth ministry program is or right and 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 I just meant it in the sense that like everyone has to deal with success in the sense of afterwards do they continue to believe and blah 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 and all that stuff yeah but as a youth minister on a week-to-week basis the numbers change whereas like a catechist has 20 kids in his or her class like those, if a kid's sick, they don't come. But the, it's like it's always going to be between fifteen and twenty because you're probably not going to have five kids absent. So you're not like if you're not doing a good job, there's no way. Like you're never going to be like, well, I I, I must have done really bad last week because only five kids came this week. You know what I mean? Like that's the other thing that you add to youth ministry that's not necessarily there for the other stuff, right. and it, which which makes it more unique. I get. I guess. I mean, everything's unique. Which makes nothing unique, but the thing that makes that <laughs> different. Uh, How's that for a paradox? <laughs> but anyway, my one mind of, is what, fried right now. One of the things I I, I think um, something that you and I have talked a lot about when we were in World Youth Day, and and I've talked a lot about this with with Justin, who I know who has talked to you about it, is the idea of um, like relational ministry. But maybe we should take a break before we really get into that. Deal. Before we take a break, when you said there's, you notice that there's different types of priests at YMCA. Although you say you say the pastor, yada yada, and then the bagel priests. <laughs> there were definitely a couple of bagel priests there. <laughs> bagel kid priests. Bagel kid priests. All right, shall we? I think we shall. Right. Well, that's a question for you to ask yourself. Are you down with the DC talk? Is that a good uh, wrestling thing? I was just going to say, are you cutting a wrestling (laughs) promo right now? That's what I was trying to do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let let me ask yourself, brother. Are you down with the DC talk? Was that over? Over. That that would have gotten over. uh, For sure. Well, we have pl- we have plenty of time between now and then. However, McGregor Mayweather. Wow. 
Just I'm, really quick. I'm what's gonna, what's gonna I'm happen? I, I'm. Oh, what's gonna happen? I think. Yeah, well, of course you're in. You're gonna watch it. I think it's. Oh yeah. I think it's wink, wink. Um, I think um, they uh, they mess Mayweather messes around with McGregor for a, uh, a round or two. Uh, McGregor maybe uh, just uh, plays the uh, the heel and uh, runs away a little bit. I, th- I think it's gonna be almost like a wrestling, like pro wrestling like scenario. And then and then they'll they'll fight for real and Mayweather will win swiftly. When's the last time Mayweather like fought for real? Pacquiao. Yeah, I but like all that September, he like just dances no, around. No, I think it was September of 2015. I think it. I think it'll be almost almost full two years by the time they fight that he's had a fight. But I mean, like I don't really watch boxing, and that whole uh, Mayweather Pacquiao was such a big deal, and. Um, like I was in the seminary when that happened, and, and the minor seminary bought the, the thing. So a couple of us went there to watch it, and it was like it was such a disappointment. It was so boring. That's because oh, that was a waste of time. Yeah, this will be a waste of time too. I think I, I think honest. I think they're aware though. I think they'll I think they'll try their best to make it. That's what I why I say it's. I think you'll see a little like pro wrestling in it, in, in the sense that like they'll try to make it more of a spectacle of it. And knowing that if they once they start fighting for real, it's it's not going to be pretty. My hope is McGregor just lands a solid punch, and that's that. Anyway, moving Moving on. on. I can Um, I can make a segue that will fit into what we wanted to talk about if you just let me. All right. Well, if you introduce it, then how much of a segue is it? But go. It's a hard segue. No, this one would have been soft. (laughs) Uh, So my our our mutual friend Alan had me talk to his. He's a teacher, Alan, uh, and one of, they 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 were allowed to write questions, and like almost every class had at least two or three kids that asked, "Who do you think is going to win?" And he was surprised that I answered the questions. Uh, but I was like, I mean, this is what they want to know. I'm not just if then that then you answer a question like that, and then they start listening more because they know you're not skipping stuff. And then we he had a like cover for a class, so um, they were. Uh, watching big hero six or is that the name of the movie yeah Yeah, big hero six but like a couple of the kids that like asked those questions then came and sat in the back to talk to me and so it's like so that's that's the idea of like relational ministry like you want to build that relationship because then you can form trust and and then when someone trusts you it makes all the difference in the world Absolutely, earn the right to be heard. And it's not like I, I think. Go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say what when you're talking about like quantifying youth ministry and numbers and stuff like that. I think that whole process of gaining someone's trust actually takes takes a significant amount of time. Yeah, it really does. So like, what, because any any person that is, I mean, for lack of a better term, normal. Meaning, like they they're they're just a, a regular kid that, for, fortunately, maybe they won't have issue. Uh, everyone has issues, but what I'm what I'm saying, if like just a a regular kid shouldn't just trust you right away because you're a young, cool looking person, right? There should be this this getting to know you process throughout, and I think that's valuable and proper youth ministry. Yeah, because it has and to be a real takes, relationship. And a, yeah. a real relationship and, uh, it, doesn't happen just because like two people meet and you know see each other every now and then. like it happens because you spend time talking and getting to know them and 
you know any friendship and, and i think too with kids uh especially maybe kids that don't necessarily have a church background so for example these eighth graders that maybe their parents still go to church or whatever and tilo goes into the classroom and starts talking to them um and you're talking about all this jesus stuff and yada 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 uh but they want to see if you are actually practicing what you're preaching so meaning like if you receive this joy and love from Christ and you're doing youth ministry to spread said joy and love. Um, I've noticed that kids can gauge if you actually care about them or not. Meaning like if you're there to hang out, get to know them, bring them closer to Christ. And it's not just a job, but it's a mission or, or ministry for lack of a better term. They could read through if you're just there because you just got this job out of college or you don't know what else to do with your time. So you're a youth minister, which hopefully doesn't happen much. But the few people that maybe just do it to do it, kids read through that right mm-hmm. away, I think. I, yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. And, and, and that's so. the thing that, um, that, that one of the things that's so important is that like no person should become like a project. So it can't be like, oh, I'm going to make this person like me so that they think I'm cool. So then they can trust me and then I can teach them. About, no, that doesn't work like that. No. You do, you be yourself and people are naturally going to like you. Um, and then other people might not. And then th- that's fine too. And that, But that, that's okay. Yeah. And, and you're not supposed to like everyone. Right, exactly. And, I sure know I don't. And, and that's <laughs> the idea of... <laughs> Like, part of creating a core team, it's right? It's fine. Part of creating a core team isn't that about, like, getting different personalities to be on board? So like, No, that's, a- that's, that's exactly right. The, the idea is that you have different personalities that will reach kids in, um, you know, different types of kids. And, you know, it, the youth, a youth minister is only one personality. So although you might have one focal point for a youth minister, there will be – you know, I'll, I'll give you a hint. One of my uh, good youth ministry friends um, – is uh, somebody who um, was in bands his whole life, is very much into music, and um, he really, really hit it off with kids that were like that. And those were the kids that tended to come to his youth group. And he um, you know, was not a, uh, so much into, into sports, and, uh, but he had somebody on the core team who was really, really into sports. And so um, you know, those are just two types of you know, personalities or interests. But um, because, you know, he was, had the foresight to, like, surround himself with people who weren't exactly like him, th- they had a, a diverse group of, of, of teenagers. And, and one of the things that, like, a lot of the things that Justin did when he was uh, a youth minister is a lot of stuff that we kind of, like, adjusted and adapted. Because I, I think one of the greatest things that you said was to get uh, Tilo into the school. Mm-hmm. And like we yep. have, it's like you, they're there. It goes back to that thing, like the confirmation retreat. They're there, and so you, they have to be there. So you might as well make it as as good as possible. And um, so uh, that idea of because that that jump starts that relationship. So that by the time they're ready to come to youth ministry, it's like, well, we we you've had her in class for a year or two years or however long, because who knows what the future brings. It's like, well, we already know her. So we might as well, we know that whatever. And that was the, like one of the things Justin said was bring them the Six Flags. And we kind of threw that together the last minute. Five kids went, but we were able to hang out with those five kids and have fun with those five kids. 
And it was like... So, was it a successful trip? I think so. Did you have fun? I did have fun. I got a little sick on the... I I, I can't do roller coasters anymore. I have to... uh, I went on two, and and I was was fine. And then the third one I went on, like, I started getting, like, like, uh... Not, I don't, I, I, I don't want to say nauseous because I didn't necessarily feel like I was going to throw up, but I just wasn't feeling well. And then, <laughs> like, I just, I, I, I closed my eyes and I was like, okay, God help me. I just have to survive, like, two minutes because this whole thing is going to last about less than two minutes. And then, it, like, it pulls in and I was like, oh, man. Which one? Uh, it, it's Bizarro, which used to be Medusa. Bizarro, yeah, I don't which know which bizarro, yeah, I, I don't know why that one got me, and so um, I think it was there was no line, so I went right from one ride to that one. That I didn't have to wait like twenty or thirty minutes or forty minutes or whatever. So uh, then they were like, "Can we go on again?" I was like, "Yeah, you go ahead," and I, I set them on again, and I just waited by the exit as I broke into a cold sweat. <laughs> and I was like, "This isn't good." <laughs> 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 but like, did you did you do did you do El Toro? I no, I I was mad because I that's my favorite one there. And if I would have done that one first, I would have been fine. I'm a Nitro guy myself. Nitro and El Toro are my favorites. Yeah, I, next time I go, I'm just gonna do Nitro and El Toro, and then, then not do any of the other ones. For future reference. They always te- they tend to always tag on a Christian concert at Six Flags every summer. That's true. So I've gone. That's always a good. That's a good uh, thing to bring kids to. Yeah, but then the problem with something like that is when you go in the middle of the summer, it's so many people, and it's that's just true. not. And then it's not fun because you're just waiting online all the time. That's true. That like is we, true. We we got to go on. But like, like they oh, had not me, but we went on like twelve things. That's more valuable. Because like, like, four and talking yeah. about relational ministry, that's a huge win when you can uh, when you could uh, get the most out of uh, Six Flags like that in a trip. So yeah, and we left early because we promised to get them back by a certain time. So we had to try to get as close to that time as possible. But like one of the, I don't know who said this because they said it to Tilo, and I don't know if any of them listen to this. But if they do, we love you. Uh, but they they were like this wasn't didn't even feel like a field trip and I was like I wish I would have heard that because I would have been like it wasn't a field trip we just wanted we literally just wanted to hang out with them yes yes get get words like field trip out of the lingo like, yeah we never we never pitched it as a field trip though. no did you do permission slips yeah I mean you have to do you that. have to no I, I wasn't yeah. saying that, like you shouldn't <laughs> but I guess that's what I guess that's what what made them think in that direction. Yeah, and I because she teaches and and stuff. And then one of the things I was like, uh, that the, the principal wouldn't, which is I understand, and I'm not trying to open any wounds here, but like the principal didn't want the kids <laughs> calling her Tilo, which is fine. I I understand that they want to have a certain amount of respect, but I said on the trip because I kept saying like I when I'm in school I call her Teresa, but what like I was like Tilo, T- I kept saying it, and then I was like, you know, you guys could call her Tilo. You're not, you graduated, and one girl was like all excited, kept saying, uh, Tilo, can you play this song? Uh, Tilo, can you do this? Uh, Tilo, and it was that's very awesome. funny. But uh, I mean, like, cause like that's the thing, and 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 like one of the, 
in these kind of situations, when you get them out of the classroom, when you get them even out of just youth ministry situations, I always find this the best. Like every trip that I ever went on, I didn't do youth ministry as a kid, um, but I did campus ministry. And when I went on like a service trip or something like that, that's when you get to know the campus minister. And when I was a campus minister, the, like, the kids were very um, leery of me, right? But, and, and not in a bad Understandably way. Understandably so. Uh, not in a bad It was like, I don't yeah. know you. And I, right. and I, you know. I thought you were a bagel kid. <laughs> uh, I, I, I could have pegged you for a bagel kid. Uh, I love it. But like Joe Moncada, who was on. Right? Were we not allowed to say his last name? No, we were allowed to say. No, his we last were. Name. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, Moncada. I just love Joe Montalago. He's just a legend. Yeah. He's a living legend. But like he he came, and he would just hang out with me, and we're friends now because of that. Absolutely. And like now, like he does, like if something happens and he's got a question, like he's gonna ask me, because I'm his friend. I'm not just some guy that he, he you know what I mean? And and there was one girl uh, on the trip. Uh, uh, not on the trip. On when I was at a campus ministry, we went to um, Guatemala. Paint? No, we went to paint in like a school in Brooklyn. I was way off. Yeah, well, just a little bit. And uh, so I remember making a comment about Arrested Development, but not specifically mentioning it. And then she like she like she looked over. She's like, "You watched that show?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then we started talking about that. Like I just baptized her baby. You know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah, it, those connections last. It's forever. a real friendship, and that's what yeah. I meant before when I was saying like you can, you have to approach, you have to approach uh, the relationship with the teens like a real fr- friendship, a real relationship. And Otherwise, and, and that yeah, make a difference. But like one of the people on the on the trip, I knew that she liked on the, on the Six Flags trip. I knew that she liked movies, but then she started talking about liking acting and stuff like that, and that like was like a whole conversation because like I studied film in college and like you know. I would have never known that. I made a movie once. <laughs> hey, I'm Father Sean. I made a movie <laughs> once. I, I play a priest on TV. I play priest on TV sometimes. My name's Father well, at Sean. At least on a I'm podcast. A bagel kid. I was not a bagel kid. <laughs> I didn't like bagels growing up. And therefore didn't like You're bagel right. kids, as you <laughs> just stopped short of saying. <laughs> Oh man! Any any other final thoughts on on this? This was a good good topics. No, we we could actually talk a, a lot about uh, relational ministry. Um, we it's a, definitely a topic we could bring up again. But um, it, yeah, it, I, I feel like and I, I'm and I'm saying this humbly, but I feel like Nolan and I are very good at that. You're saying that I'm humbly saying isn't that the are. opposite of humble of humility? <laughs> Oh, I'm saying, but you know what I mean? I'm saying like, oh, my camera got turned off. I noticed. <laughs> You're just a blinky circle right now. Power my, my, my phone's dying. I'm just saying, like, I've no, I've seen how you've done it. I've seen guys like Mike Clawberg do it, and I tried to adapt how I did it based on those two experience or those two examples, and I think it was successful in my case. I'll say well. it for you. You nailed it. And then just when he got good at it, he quit. That's right. Like every yeah, other right. youth minister. I'll be back. That's the, that's the thing. Met- if you if you're doing it right, eventually you have to be you have to break hearts at some point. Because <laughs> you have leaving. to leave. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a reunion in uh, Long Beach this summer and invite all the kids. 
Because I still keep in touch with. And that means it worked. Your your name is still legendary in my school for for multiple reasons, but especially for the kids that were at your parish. J J Mags lives on. Gone but not forgotten. J Mags absolutely lives on. I was an all star. I was at something. Juniors and seniors. I was at something recently, and this one girl was like, "Are you related to Justin?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Oh." And then I was like, "Man, I'm still cool because of him. I want to just be cool because of me." From afar, you're like, but I'm ordained. Okay. He's not even ordained. I'm a priest. He's not ordained. Doesn't even live here anymore. He works for DC. He comes Talk. back a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, I think the only only way, you know, we always have to ask a question to end the show. So, Nolan, I'll ask you a tough one. I feel like I'm always the one that's like a tough no, question. All right, I'll ask Father Sean. I could ask you then. Are you, are you ready? I'm always ready. Are you down with the DC talk? Amen. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to save my answer for another time. We'll have to find, we'll have to find out if you really you didn't are. You didn't even get him a chance to pretend he was going to answer. <laughs> I know. He just are you down with the say, DC talk? Amen. <laughs> That was funny. That was funny. Oh, we should do this more often, boys. <laughs> so yeah. we can edit this one, Father Sean. When am I going to edit it? Sooner yeah. sooner rather than later, because I won't be on any conferences. Boom. Congratulations, by the way, to Matt Scott, faithful listener. Just got engaged hey. yesterday, but by the time this gets released, it will probably be two weeks ago. Yeah, this will get released later, he, uh, mostly because we have three other, two other episodes that will be released before this. I think this, I don't know, this is appropriate, but I, I was kidding around with, he, he, I guess his fiance loves, there's this one bakery in Nashville, and so he like, they did a picnic and uh, put the, I guess put the ring in a donut, something like that. So when she opened the box of donuts, there was said ring. So I said, what are you going to say? I do not want to be alone for the rest of my life. Will you marry me? <laughs> I thought that I was funny. I think that's funny. That was quite humorous. I do not want to... I do not want to live without you. I do not want to live without you. You're my girl, Jenna. Ah. Well, we should do this before the DC Talk cruise, and then one after. Maybe I'll live podcast from the Yeah, A-Wall. maybe. All right, well. <laughs> God bless everybody. There you go. See ya. Dominus, Dominus Ubicious. You've been listening to the Untitled Catholic Podcast. See you next time.